It's exciting. It's a great schedule. It poses its challenges, um, but it's, you know, from Arkansas State, SMU, and going to Tulsa, uh, first time in a while we've been to Cincinnati. Obviously, they've been to the playoffs uh, here recently, and then we go to, to BYU as well. UCF is new on the schedule. Coach Mull's on, uh, and his staff will be coming October 21st, and then, uh, and then finishing uh, with a team in TCU that played for the national championship on Friday, uh, November 24th. So really exciting uh, schedule. Glad that that was uh, finally uh, put out there a few weeks back. And then again, the, the questions in regards to the SEC. Um, that's incredibly exciting. Don't need to run from those questions. Well, I think it's going to be uh, really great for Oklahoma. Uh, but our focus in our football team right now is, is the Big 12. There's Brent Venables from his press conference earlier this afternoon talking about the schedule, talking about the future of the SEC. And, yeah, he's like, we're not going to shy away from those questions and those conversations. But then he later said something to the effect of, yeah, we need to get better to compete in this league. <laughs> I was saying like, everyone wants to talk about the SEC, and that's great. But for us to compete in the Big 12 next year, we got to get a whole lot better. And they're going to try to do that with 37 new players on the roster this year. 53 of the 76, we've told you a few times today. 53 players of the 76 scholarship players from the Alamo Bowl are no longer here. Massive uh, turnover roster, once again, 37 new players. And out of the new players, you've heard from several of them. Um, we'll let you hear from several more as we uh, as we get through this last hour. But it's just... Um, it's a new year with a whole lot of new faces is kind of the theme today, I think. Yeah, and, and Tyler, like we've spoke about before, it's it's about hope, right? All people ever want is hope. And new faces, it's a new season. Who knows what we'll do this season, but 6-7 and seven is in the rear view officially. We got new people on campus that weren't involved with that at all. Uh, we've got players that were involved with that with another year of growth. Everybody's walking around Norman with a big old smile on their face. And I imagine a lot of people uh, listening right now got a smile on theirs too because, again, it's just something to look forward to. Everybody's got the same record right now, clean slate. You know, what can we build this into? And I think that's why you have so much excitement. March 30th is OU's Pro Day, 33 days away until their first spring practice. April 22nd is the OU spring game. Brent had every single date memorized and how many days away those dates are. It was quite a – he even knew uh, the exact dates, the final day for season ticket renewals. So he's he, – I don't know if he, he remembers dates or numbers really easily, but the dude was basically – it felt like an, an email from OU that you get. Hey, just a reminder, here's how many days you have to renew your season tickets. That's what it felt like from Brent today for about a minute and a half span. Hey, don't forget, here's when the spring game is. Get your tickets here. Yeah, I feel, I feel like he's been waiting to tell that information, right? It's either it's either that he memorized it before he walked out, had it on notes or whatever, or he's just so excited about getting into year two and flushing year one. Uh, as far as the results, uh, as far as results go, at least that he's just—he's so excited, he just can't wait to, for those dates to get here. You know? Yeah. Here's some other quotes that uh, Brent had today. Um, it, maybe here's the most interesting one on Danny Stutzman. He said, "Quote: Danny Stutzman didn't ask for a playbook for eight to ten weeks last year. We had a good conversation about his career. 
do you want to be a funny guy or do you want to be great? Much farther along now, end quote. So eight to ten weeks, that's not eight to ten weeks during the season, obviously. That's eight to ten weeks since Brent Venables uh, got to Norman. Um, he's, it, it sounds like he, and this is going back to last year, he's really pushing Danny Stutzman to be great. But it sounds like Danny Stutzman had to make his own decision that he wanted to be that guy. And that's, it's kind of interesting that he said, do you want to be a funny guy or do you want to be great? Because Danny is a funny guy and he's hilarious on social media, but Brent's almost like, all right, dude, it's, it's time to get serious if you want this. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it takes a special individual, I'm not saying Danny's not that, I think he is, but it takes a special individual to be kind of the, you know, the, the, the funny guy, the, the cracking the joke about, you know, the gifts or cracking the joke on, on snow days or on social media or anything like that, but then just swi- flipping that switch and being an absolute dog uh, on the football field. Now, I think he can do that, but I think it's interesting that Brent Venables has, has actually made it public that he's had that conversation with him. Yeah, and, 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 he, and he goes on to say, like, he's, he likes where Danny is at, he, he likes everything, but he was very honest about those hard conversations that they had. But at the same time, it sounds like he's, I think, like most of us, optimistic that Stutzman's going to have a really good year. Uh, BV was also asked about what he's seen so far from Jackson Arnold, and here's what he said. You know, he's smart, he's tough, uh, he's driven, he's humble. And really, if I said, I, I could really say that about the 26 guys, if I was, what else have you seen from this group? He exemplifies that uh, in every way. He's, he's a doer. Uh, very ambitious. He's not waiting on anybody. He's not waiting to be great. Uh, he, in his mind, from a humility standpoint, he feels he's got a long way to go. He's a confident guy, uh, but he's a great teammate, and he's trying to learn and grow. I think, and that's just a very refreshing uh, thing to be around. Uh, you won't see Jackson Arnold uh, putting a mic in front of him and, and proclaiming about what he's getting ready to do. Yeah. It's just not who he is. It's not in his DNA. And uh, he's been a great, great leader. He makes everyone around him better. Uh, but he's in the back of the line right now. And, uh, but probably not for long. And, and I say that, uh, you know, not having to do with anybody else. It's just how he uh, competes and how he works. And, you know, his, his talent is is really good too he is uh in the back of the line but not for long <laughs> yeah Brent, i think he'll be probably your uh number two quarterback exiting spring ball yeah it's it, it's going to be real bad news if he stays at the back of that line for for a lot of people so yeah i mean jackson arnold is as advertised he's he's what you know we'd been hearing about him all the time confident but you know not cocky a leader somebody that people gravitate towards a hard worker um, he's been in the facility uh, a bunch, you know, one of those first in, last out type of guys. So, yeah, and I, and I think going slightly back to something, you know, you said about the Danny Stutzman quote that I think will serve the rest of the team and, you know, guys like Jackson Arnold, Brent's not afraid to have those tough conversations. And he understands that the ability to have tough conversations in the um, – willingness to have tough conversations are what may separate him from other coaches in the country and separate him from other leaders and coaches across other other industries even and the ability to have those tough conversations and not worry about um 
maybe pushing a guy towards the portal or something like that, that's important because Tyler in today's age, you could you could have what you think is a tough conversation with somebody. Next thing you know, cool, I'm I'm in the portal, I'm gone. Sure. So it's it's really having the confidence and 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 just the I don't know security, if you will, to have those conversations and be living to willing to live with the results. All right, uh, one more on Brent's. This was uh, asked. Uh, he was asked about the future of non-conference games in the SEC. Are they still going to schedule up in a lot of these non-con games? What's that going to look like for OU? Here's what he said. I'll be honest. It you know, you're, you're talking about once they tell you whether you're going to play eight or nine conference games, right. and you know, or, I, and, or maybe not since you don't know for sure. Yeah, we don't know. So obviously, I think it would align with exactly the way it's been here. You know, under Joe's leadership, uh, where we want to have a you know a, a strong, entertaining uh, you know home schedule. Uh, that's in alignment. You know, once you get you know, the next several years of your schedule that are that are put out there, I think that you'll see that we still want to have you know a marquee type game and uh, you know, give something you know f- for the fans you know in a uh, a matchup from a competition standpoint that uh, everybody's excited about, all within the realms of you know the totality of your schedule. So uh, you know we understand and recognize the challenges that that schedule. Uh, once we get to that schedule, uh, what that'll pose for you. So it sounds like to me, um, I mean, I think he was, you know, basically said, like, we still want to have a marquee non-conference opponent every single year. And we kind of gauged the text line on that in the first segment of the show today. And it sounds like, what would you say, about 80%, maybe even, you know, 85 to 90% are good. Yeah, let, let's not schedule three to four cupcakes every single year. Let's still play a marquee non-conference opponent worth caring about. And that's, that's the camp that I'm in. That especially now with a 12-team playoff, um, you've got more room for air. I'd, I'd love to still see non-con games with Clemson or Ohio State. Like I, I, get, I think you, your season ticket holders get more bang for your buck. Um, bring them to town, man, and that just offers more, more exciting road trips, so I, I'm all for that one. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, especially as, as people that go to the games like you and I, the road trips are great, man. That's that's exciting stuff. Like we were so excited to go to Provo this year, and if we could add something, you know, fun road trips and and big storied brands and 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 schools and programs, I'm all for it. I think what'll be interesting is, like I said, Ohio State already canceled their series with Washington, which Washington isn't known as a, you know, as a juggernaut. Canceled it because, you know, uncertainty with USC and UCLA coming to the conference shortly. So a lot of moving parts, Tyler. I do understand that some schools might want to just see what the new conference is like, see what the new playoff is like. But in my mind, there's absolutely no downside to scheduling a Clemson, an Ohio State, a Michigan, a Miami, uh, something like that. There's no there's no downside to it. Text line, moving forward during the non-conference schedule, do you think OU should try to schedule more Texas schools due to the large recruiting pool and the large fan base? I mean, they can schedule those Texas schools to come here, but I'll be honest with you, I don't have any interest in doing road trips to Lubbock or to Waco or even to Fort Worth. Like, If OU's only game in most years moving forward is the OU-Texas game, I still think OU's recruiting efforts in Texas are going to be just fine. I, 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 I mean, especially in the Dallas Metroplex area, where OU's probably the heaviest in recruiting in Texas. I, I just don't think that you need three games in Texas a year to be able to recruit that state at a high level. 
I think you can recruit the state at a high level. I, I also do think that, you know, it's, it, it is not negative at all anytime, you know, the majority of OU, the OU football experience or the full OU football experience can be seen by Texas kids. Um, you know, I, I, so I think if I had to pick just a random school out there and you could say, hey, you know, which school do you want to play? And it's a tie. If one of those schools in Texas, I'll probably give them the edge. Like, yeah. if, if all other things are equal, I'll probably give Texas the edge. Mark in Newcastle, do you think the exit discussions between the Big 12, OU, Texas, and Fox considered a long-term continuation of Bedlam? Um, like, were, were those in the exit discussions? No, I don't think so. Like, I think no. Fox wanted inventory, uh, potentially from OU in the future, which might mean that as much as I don't want to go to Lubbock, Texas, that OU still might have to go to Lubbock and play them in a non-conference game along with Baylor and Kansas State, but I, I think it's pretty obvious right now. OSU doesn't want to play this game anymore. They've made that pretty obvious. I don't think that we're going to play Bedlam for, for a while. So, no, I don't think that those were that was a part of the discussion. Yeah, I think maybe, maybe part of the discussion, Tyler, might be um, like true up that last year. Like true up everybody we're missing in this last year, per se, like, like Kansas State, at least the traditional, the legacy schools, like the Kansas State, Baylor, and Texas Tech. Like, hey, guys, like round that out as your last, what your last Big 12 year would have been if all things remained e- equal. And then other than that, I don't see anything long-term, especially with Bedlam. Stop me when you hear a yes. Uh, this is from our Twitter page, at KREF Sports. Go follow us on Twitter there. OU fans, do you or have you ever considered Missouri a rival? Will you please count the number of responses here before we get to a yes? Doug says no, uh, not a rival. But I would appreciate the opportunity to play it every year in the SEC. It is Oklahoma's last possible tie to the old Big 8. And as the Sooners welcome a bevy of new yearly opponents, resuming a series that Oklahoma has dominated, 67-24-5 sounds very attractive. Here's a nope uh, gif. Here's a uh, another nope gif. Uh, in my lifetime, Oklahoma has had only two true rivals, Nebraska and Texas. If the other team doesn't win more than once every 10 years or so, it isn't a rivalry. Here's Leonardo DiCaprio laughing. Here's Bug Bunny, Bugs Bunny saying no. Here's Jessica saying that that's got to be a no from me. Uh, Mizzou, new phone, who dis? Here's another no. Here's a LMAO. Here's another no. Here's another no. I, I, I could do this for 10 minutes. I don't think that I'm going to find an OU fan on this uh, tweet thread saying, yes, absolutely, Missouri's a rival. Right, you're, and, tw- and, you're and 12 I ask right that. now. <laughs> yeah, and, and I ask that because everyone in the SEC seems to think that OU and Missouri are rivals, and for the life of me, I, I don't understand why. I think, it's, I think it's interesting because it's like the SEC schools just assume that since – you know, A&M and Missouri came from the Big 12, that those are two of our rivals. Like that it was just this long-storied rival that got stripped from us, you know, whenever whenever they left for the SEC that we now must resume. And part of it is because I think a lot of the SEC doesn't know who the heck Missouri considers a rival because Missouri seems so removed from the traditional southeastern you know, kind of vibes they got going on with that conference that I think they're just like, oh, yeah, remember that weird cousin we got, that Missouri? 
Yeah, who's their rival? Well, I don't know. They used to play Oklahoma in the Big 12. Let's go ahead and give yeah. them to them. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like. This is the initiation. They're just like, yeah, like, Missouri, not that exciting. No one really wants to play them, honestly. Let's just all just act like we think OU and Missouri is a rivalry, and we'll pawn, we'll pawn them off on OU. How's that sound? Maybe that's what they're doing. That's what it feels like. But Sankey even called him like a rival, uh, OU and Missouri, recently. It makes no no sense. But like I said, I think that they're just out of touch with Missouri because Missouri doesn't feel – if you were to list all of the teams and even put them on a map or anything like that, do you agree, Tyler, that Missouri is the least SEC of the SEC teams? Um – least SEC of the SEC teams. Um, you, you can run across some interesting things in the state of Missouri, as I've uh, learned from Ozark. Oh, yeah. Um, but I would probably still say yes. Yeah, like when you think of the fan base, like the commitment to like football, kind of the just the southern culture, I feel like Missouri fits that the least. Yeah, so I think I mean, that's where I guess the- Vanderbilt is always going to be one that people throw out, but excluding Vanderbilt, I mean, probably, yes. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, but it's I don't I don't know. It's just interesting to me that that so many people, including the commissioner himself, are saying, "Oh yeah, Missouri, Oklahoma rivals." Yeah, what? Z- zero interest. I know that I've said that multiple times. It's just funny to me that everyone in the SEC seems to think that that is some rivalry. Uh, they're the 69ers, as Mike in Springfield likes to call them, because they haven't won a conference title since 1969. So I guess Jeez. that's the joke up there. Jeez. That's 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 a long time. Like man. to have a rival, don't you at least have to have a handful of players that you can name automatically off the top of your head that you've hated from that particular school over the years? I mean, I can do that rather easily with Texas. Hated but, and hated like because it was a fierce rivalry. Not yeah. We just want to make fun of them, like Chase Daniel. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, it, but Chase Daniel to the point that'd be the closest thing that you've ever had with Missouri in football to where you hated someone. You know, right. I mean, I, Jeremy Macklin, I mean, not not really. Um, and it's not like they've had just a ton of great players roll through that program. But, like, if you ask me my all-time most hated Missouri player, like, I don't – I guess Chase Daniel, but he never beat OU, if I remember correctly, and that was just more just making fun of him. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think the, I think the Twitter replies and the text line are, uh, are getting it right. I think uh, – I think the nine one nine comes in here and says uh, they are pump. They are just pumping Missouri as a rival to lift Missouri's stature. <laughs> I think that's kind of a good point. Yeah. They don't really have anybody to throw as as Missouri's uh, big time rival per se. So you can say, oh man, good thing we're getting Oklahoma in here. They've got a storied rivalry with Missouri. Like, mm, probably not. I, I think if. Missouri's not a rival, first off. I like I, I think we've made that clear. The text lines made it clear. OU fans have made it clear. Like This isn't a rivalry. But if OU and Missouri are rivals in anything, I think that they're rivals in basketball way more than they are football. I yeah, think that there's like way 20, more 30 of years a, ago, though. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Yeah, I don't think that they are now. But there's more of a storied like, tradition between those two in hoops than there is in basketball, to me. And I don't really think it's that close. No, of, of course. Of course, I, I I could agree with that wholeheartedly. Still, not enough to get it to the level of an actual rivalry, though. Agree, I agree, hundred percent. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. 
Uh, we'll get to more Brent Venables' comments coming up next. He's got a lot of thoughts on his newcomers and his team going into 2023. We'll hit those next right here on The Ref. The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. You'll feel good about Landers. How good? Huge Silverado selection good. And so I thought this would be a great opportunity um, as we're in the middle of a massive roster rebuild, as we all know that the last 13 and a half months, and I think that the roster, the 21 roster for the Alamo Bowl, uh, we had 76 scholarship players. Uh, there's 53 of those 76 are, are no longer here. So there's been a massive uh, rebuild uh, the last several months, and we're bringing in 37 new scholarship players here by June 1st and 26 here at mid-year. So it's, uh, to, for me, it's incredibly important that I get these guys uh, uh, focused, um, in front of everyone so that everyone can uh, get to know them and help facilitate you know, their transition sooner rather than later. Brent Venables at his press conference earlier today. We'll get you some more quotes coming up this segment from Austin Stogner, South Carolina transfer, true freshman offensive lineman Josh Bates. Have we seen anything from all, at all from Oklahoma State transfer Trace Ford? I, I have it on uh, social media. Maybe you have. Uh, I know he was there. I saw the picture of his table with his name card on it, but I have not seen any quotes from him yet. I'm guessing he didn't show up in his O jacket that Doug Gottlieb took that away from him after his uh, Twitter comments a month ago. Yeah, I believe uh, I believe Doug was waiting right outside Norman City limits and actually mm-hmm. stopped his car and made him give it to him. Probably so did. He d- so he does not have it. Uh, here's Austin Stogner on his decision to come back to OU. Um, yeah, so like I went in, I was like, let me see if they'll they'll take me back. So I called my uh, Tanner Schaefer, who's my he's my roommate. He was my roommate before I left, and uh, called him. I was like, yeah, I want to come back. He's like, you serious? Whatever. And he talked to Finley, and he said Finley was like, Shafe, this is not like a time to play around. But um, but then they were they were cool about it. So I'm grateful that they were cool about it. Is that no time to joke around? Hey quarterback shut up what are you doing this is no time to joke around no coach he's here he really wants to come back and it sounds like after that it was oh yeah okay well yeah yeah yeah. we'll have him back for for one year next year let's do it come on yeah uh, at that point at that point it's all right when will you be here and he, sh- he showed up rather quickly is what it sounds like very quickly you know it's uh you know when that was all kind of going on it was like the, the the reports were hey the U-Haul's already there like he's already packing up so yeah. you better you better want you better be ready to accept him because he's on his way here he uh, he goes on to say that you know he asked his dad like yeah I mean I want to go back but is that dad is that like weird to do that you know to like go back after leaving and I guess his dad was like dude you know if anyone in twenty thirty years asked you where you played just say that you played at Oklahoma. And if you really want to say you played at South Carolina, then that's that's fine as well. So well, and you know what's cool is like when he was on with uh, Teddy and Gabe, he was talking about Oklahoma as a fan. He he literally said, "I'm an Oklahoma fan, man. I you know I had been committed there since you know my junior year. This that or the other. Like he starts talking about it." and the years that he had been a quote-unquote Oklahoma fan. And it's just so weird to think about college kids. They're so young, and 
So a few years of their life, either playing for or being committed to a school, they are a fan of that school. So he talked about being in South Carolina and saying, well, I'm still an Oklahoma fan. Like, I still watch all the games. Like, and that's so that's so funny to me to hear that. So, yeah, when he wanted to come back, this is where he, you know, Oklahoma is where he wants to be. And I think I think he's going to do wonders, wonders for the offense. A healthy Stogner is a big-time pickup for us. Uh, okay, so this is from the Twitter page of Ross Lovelace. I believe he works for uh, SI Sooners. Here's true freshman Josh Bates. This is interesting. You leave OU. What do you hope to be known for? What, what do you hope that the fans love about you? Uh, I'm loyal, and so you know when I sign a paper to come to your school, I'm going to be here for you know for all four years, and, uh, and I'm going to give it my best. Uh, I'm, I'm a hard worker on the field. I'm mean, nasty. You're going to see me getting some fights down there, and. Uh, you know, just being able to have that mentality, that winning mentality. Um, I hope after I leave here, everyone can say that guy wanted to win. He did his best. You know, he did his best um, to, to achieve that goal. So. so he said he's loyal. He said he's going to be here for all four years. I'm a hard worker. I'm mean. I'm nasty. You're going to see me getting some fights down in there. <laughs> that that that'll play well. Yeah, nice that's, job, like a, that's like a that's uh, like a a create an attitude player from Bill Biedenboe. Um, you know, my favorite stories about him, obviously he's the longest committed recruit uh, being, you know, sticking with him ever since he committed under the Riley regime. And the stories of him, you know, reaching out to Jeff Levy and saying, hey, I've been watching, you know, some film. I've been watching your offense ever since I knew you are going to be offensive coordinator. I've got some questions for you on how you do some things. Like Josh Bates – I mean, we haven't seen him play yet, obviously, in a Sooner uniform. But if you were to, you know, buy stock in somebody, I mean, I, I mean, he, he seems like a, as good an option as any Tyler because he's one of the highest ranked interior line. Like if they just did center rankings, he would be. He's largely regarded the best center in the country. And like Andrew Rame has an opportunity to be one of the better centers in the country this year. But he came over from left tackle. Like you're talking about this guy with Josh Bates. He is a center through and through. That's what he wants to play. That's what he's been playing. So. That's what he's going to be. One more from today. This is from Chris Williams of News 9. Um, the first voice you're going to hear is that uh, five-star freshman Peyton Bowen. The second voice you're going to hear is five-star quarterback, his teammate, Jackson Arnold. And this is how it all went down, I guess, for him finally picking OU for Bowen. This is interesting. He called me at, like, midnight. So I already signed. Like, he didn't know that, though. He, like, he called me. He was, like, getting this big speech ready. And he was like, all right, bro, listen. So, like, I know, like, what you're doing and stuff like that. And I was like, bro, I'm booming. What you? I was like, I'm booming. He was like, stop playing. I was like, yeah, like, I'm booming. And then um, he was like, he was like, bro, stop playing. I was like, I swear, bro, do you, like, do you want me to send you the papers? Like, so I sent it to him. He was like, bro, I had this whole speech ready. Like, I was going to, like, pour my heart and soul out into you. And so he didn't really say too much after that. But he w- he was ready to. I was about to go on a whole rant, pretty much. I, I don't remember anymore what I was going to say, but I was going to do anything I could to make him sign with us. So a lot of takeaways there from Peyton Bowen and Jackson Arnold. One, uh, Peyton Bowen actually signed his letter of intent the night of signing day and not the next afternoon when we heard it the day after signing day. Two, it sounds like he didn't initially tell Jackson Arnold when he signed his letter of intent 
three, Peyton Bowen might have started a new saying, which is uh, I'm booming or booming, however you want to use it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm booming. I'm booming. And like you and I had discussed earlier, it's that had to have been a phrase. Like he didn't coin it that night. And I, I've been thinking about it. I wonder if Jackson Arnold wrote down what he was going to say. Uh, I'm sure that he did. iPhone notes? You think it's we still there, to, maybe? We need to find those. Surely he didn't just ball it up and throw it away or delete it from the notes section. we oh, got to find those. Next, I, time yeah. he, next time he hops on with... Uh, he knew how know, big of a moment that was. Yeah, he, man. He wrote it down somewhere. And that tells you not only, you know, obviously he's really close to Peyton Bowen personally, but... That tells you what kind of player Peyton Bowen is. Like he want, he was like, "Hey man, I need you and Norman." Like, absolutely. Like, I, without a doubt, I'm going to do whatever I can. I need you and Norman. Uh, let's see what the text line says here: four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Josh Bates needs to grow a Creed Humphrey mullet and unlock his full potential. Bates already has. Uh, he he has some long hair already. I don't think he'd be. I don't think it'd take him too long to grow the Creed Humphrey mullet. He's also going to have to grow out the facial hair, though. I don't know if he can pull off or or grow the Creed Humphrey facial hair, though. Yeah, maybe maybe not yet, but you know, maybe maybe it'll, it'll come with time. We need to get him one of those zero sacks uh, shirts. Yeah, Gunny says he may not be a top dog, but he is a stog dog. Yeah, Guy says sign me up as a Josh Bates fan. Yeah, if he's any sort of a good player here. Like, I'm loyal. When I sign the uh, papers to come here, I'm going to be here for all four years. I'm a hard worker. I'm mean. I'm nasty. You're going to see me getting some fights down there. I think there's a lot of OU fans that say, okay, yeah, that kid's on my radar now. I I I like the way that he talks. And if he ends up being a good player, those are some uh, very relatable things that he's throwing out to the OU fan base. So, nice job, Josh Bates. Good stuff. Yeah, and and Eric Bailey of the Tulsa World here in the 918 – he talked about, uh, you know, why Venables on why he opened up the incoming and mid-year enrollees and portal guys to the media. Venables said, quote, here's an opportunity to talk about yourself. Tell the story. I want the media to see all the cool things that we saw through the recruiting process of why we were attracted to them, end quote. I mean, that's what it's all about, man. And, and again, you see it all over the, the text line right now. You got Josh Bates fans. Right, you got Peyton Bowen fans, you got Jackson Arnold fans, you got you got fans of kids that are finally getting to talk. Yeah. You, you normally wouldn't get to hear from these guys, and 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 that's why I love it. It's it's great for radio because we get sound bites <laughs> selfishly, uh, but great for the fan base, great for the kids. And nothing bad happened, right? Nobody said something stupid, or nobody right. said something out of line. Like it, it's it's okay. Like the, these kids can talk. It's it, it's all good. Yeah, nothing they, bad they, happened. Let's see more of it, please. More than ever, they're on camera. They're they're getting interviewed at, at 247 camps and Rivals camps and 7-on-7 seven seven events. They're being interviewed by podcasts. They're being – I mean, this is – freshmen are completely different than they were even five, six years ago, Tyler. Yeah. All right, I'll ask this from the text line as we hit a break, and we'll hit it as well on the other side. We'll probably spend the last two segments on it. Moving into the SEC in 2024, uh, that news is about six days old. Actually, it's a it's a week old tonight. What makes you confident OU's going to be okay in the SEC? What makes you a little bit shaky that uh, all things are going to be okay for OU in the SEC? Text those in. We'll get to them next. 405-651-3439. Keep it locked in the ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. 
Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Listen up, folks. Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman is ready to hire you. The construction is starting on our new service facility, so we're looking to hire service technicians now. This is a huge opportunity for anyone looking for a career with guaranteed growth potential. We offer sign-on bonuses, excellent benefits, and fast-track training. Our goal is to help you succeed. Call Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman or go to LandersCDJRNorman.com today. Moore Norman Technology Center is a leader in workforce development for Oklahoma. High school students involved in technical education show strong graduation rates and are ready for employment in industry, for college, or both. Each year, over 90% of MNTC graduates work in their chosen fields and quickly begin contributing to Oklahoma's tax base. Your MNTC investment continually generates solid returns for your community and for the state. Call 405-801-5000 to learn more about Moore Norman Technology Center elevating our economy. know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. After an amazing run to the College World Series Finals. It's got a chance. Track. Wall. Goal! Skip Johnson and the boys are back and poised for another run to Omaha. Got him! Swing it! Catch the entire 2023 season right here on the Ref 1400 AM, 99.3 FM, and on the go anywhere in the world on the KREF app. And you can unhitch the wagon! Put the ponies in the barn! The home of Sooner fans and your flagship station for Sooner Baseball. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Hey y'all, I'm Kelly Clarkson. Every American dreams of creating a better life for his or her family, but in some communities, those dreams face difficult challenges. When we come together to help those in need get the same opportunities as everyone else, we truly are making our country a better place to live for all of us. So look for volunteer opportunities in your community to help others achieve the American dream, all right? This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. Hey, wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind, like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh Uh-oh. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. At the Carlstone, retirement is whatever you want it to be. Our 55-plus living community has a little bit of everything, from an incredible workout facility, a spa, to game and movie rooms, and even full-service dining. 
With our professional and caring staff members, you can rest easy knowing your loved ones are well taken care of. Call or visit us online today and start living the good life at the Carlstone. He's a long guy. They, I thought, you know, coming from Indiana, they used him really well, used his skill set really well. Obviously, we had an impactful freshman year, and we'll use him in some of the same ways and some ways that are different. And so far through, again, some of our uh, drill work and fundamentals and seeing what he can and can't do, and, uh, you know, uh, he's not where he's going to be, I can promise you. Um, but he, he's, he's long and he's athletic. His transitional movement's pretty, pretty good right now and improving uh, daily. And uh, so really a smart, tough, again, another hungry, humble guy. There's uh, Brent Venables on Deshaun McCullough, his transfer from Indiana that was widely regarded as one of the best defensive transfers in all of college football this year. Really, a lot of people had him as the second best defensive transfer in college football behind only Travis Hunter, who left Jackson State to go to Colorado. Uh, to the text line we go, I asked the text line, hey, what's one reason why you're confident about OU's move to the SEC? You'll think they'll be just fine. And one reason why eh, I'm a little bit nervous about this move. Gunny says, I'm confident we will do great in the SEC. The way recruiting is going is what we need. I don't think we are that far off as of right now, honestly just missing a few pieces for it to all come together. So I'll ask you that question, Travis, and I'll follow up with my response. A reason why you think it's all going to be good, one reason why you're maybe a little bit, eh, like, okay, I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes. The reason I think it's going to be good is because of our talent. That Again, kind of like Gunny said, the recruiting is going well. I think the 2024 class will be just as good, if not better, than the 2023 class. I know a lot of it hinges on those four defensive linemen that we're really, really after. Uh, but uh, I think we'll have the talent. Uh, I, th I think really just the any reason I have to be worried is just not being used to it, right? Something new, something – until you do something – you can't be really confident, whether it's kind of like practicing, practicing, practicing. Okay, you can say, okay, we've played SEC games in in playoffs or SEC games in in pre, you know, in non-con, what whatever it is. You don't know what it's like until you do it, and you know, they're, they're, the level of athlete is just different in the SEC. We've been the most talented team on the field for what 95% of our games, Tyler. Uh, you know, over the last few seasons, I imagine, and we've gotten beat. So, you know, we've got to we've got to learn how to make the most of that talent, build the depth, and and we don't have the the decade of you know five stars that Alabama has. They have, you know, we don't have the the three four deep of just crazy NFL players that Georgia has. Like we are going into a conference where we are recruiting at the level to be successful but still not recruiting at the level to be at the top top of the conference every year. Yeah, I am um I'm I'm very optimistic or confident about it because of the way that they're building a roster right now. I, I think the way that they're building a roster is 
the way you need to build a roster to win consistently in the SEC, which is you got to have a potent offense with a really good quarterback. And I think they got that with this recruiting class. Um, but you also need to stack classes defensively. And yes, I know they did not sign the level of defensive lineman that everyone was hoping for last year. But I really do think that that's about to change. I think they have a great chance of getting not one but two five-star defensive linemen in the 24 class. I think you're right. I think the 24 class does have a chance to be as highly regarded as the 23 class, but they're going to have to close on some of these defensive linemen. I think they're going to start to change the narrative on that, and I think they're really going to start to build and stack defensive talent. So their blueprint of how to win, like I, th- I think that they have it the right way to win in the SEC. Um, the thing that makes me a little bit nervous is, man, <laughs> you can have some really good recruiting classes, but if you look at the past five years, OU's had seven five-stars, but Georgia and Alabama, Georgia's had 23, Bama's had 26, A&M's even had 15, LSU's had 11, Texas has had 10. And I understand that you're not going to play those teams every single year, but even if OU in the next five years gets a much better haul of five-stars, you may only have the fourth or fifth most in that conference with the way, with the way that some of those other schools recruit. So that that would be me. It's just there's just so much talent going to Bama and Georgia right now. It's it's tough to compete. Right, but you know who's beating those uh, loaded, absolutely loaded Alabama teams when when you know for all the marbles, Brent Venables with Clemson twice. You know it happened twice. So so that that gives you confidence. I mean. Uh, Brandon Drum interviewed uh, Rondell Bothroyd uh, today, uh, the Sooners transfer, a defensive lineman, on why he was sold on OU. And uh, he said, I played Clemson every year, and you see Coach Venables, he's a genius. His scheme puts people in the right place to make plays, and I think I'm good enough to make those plays and more. So that kind of goes to what we, you know, just said. Venables has done this before. Clemson, while talented, didn't have near the talent that those the teams he was facing did in those national title games. Confident, says 708 on the text line. Are leaders track records of success, Joe C., Turnip Seed, BV, shaky, coordinators and assistants come and go. We need to continue to bring in the right coaches as others leave for deserved promotions. Uh, let's see, 918, not afraid of the SEC. We have our guy leading the charge at coach. He's been trained by the best. He embraces the challenge. He doesn't tuck tail and run at the side of adversity. We'll be just fine. I like the uh, I like using the opportunity there? to throw some shade at the previous head coach. Yeah, some, yeah, su- I don't, some I don't not hate so that. subtle shade. Okay, I like it. I like it. Five eight zero might as well be playing in the SEC. What's the difference playing in the Big Twelve and win just to get beat in a playoff game? If you're the best, you're the best no matter what conference. OU will get better just playing tougher teams on a regular basis. Look at TCU joining the Big 12. Teddy and I talked about this yesterday, man, but here's what I, here's what I believe because here's kind of the history. When OU's been a part of what is considered the best conference in college football or the second best co- conference in college football, that's when you've seen OU have its best teams in the past, right? Like they made the charge in the early 2000s while the Big 12 was the best conference in America. The Big 8, I think, was the best conference in America for several years, and that's when throughout the 70s and 80s you saw OU dominate. When OU's been in a conference, Travis, it's interesting to think about. When OU's been in a conference that has been considered weak or not one of the best, 
That's when OU's kind of seemingly tailed off a little bit and had a tough time competing at the top. When OU's been surrounded by the best, historically, that's when they've been their best as a program. Something to think about. Well, I mean, you could you could get kind of, you know, in in a micro analysis, a micro example of that are, you know, you are the, you know, the average of the five people you hang out with most, right? I mean, that that stays in tune with that theory. If you are constantly around teams that, you know, are filled to the brim with with, you know, guys who only have a handful of P5 offers or that aren't going to the league or don't have you know, great expectations or grand expectations, like that's what you will become, right? So I think this is going to be a good shock to the system. I think that's a really good point. Uh, I think going to the best league, it's, hey, you got to try and win this thing. It's kind of like Tiger Woods had his media availability uh, today, and uh, he was asked, or yesterday, and he was asked, hey, uh, so, you know, are you here? What are your expectations? He said, hey, I'm if I enter a tournament, I'm I'm planning on win, like I I intend to try and win it, like I am here to win, and he's been saying that since he was 16, Tyler, and I think that's Brent Venable's approach. I think that's OU's approach. It's what it's got to be is hey, we come to the SEC to win it, to try and win it. We don't we didn't make this move to try and stack more losses every year. We came here to try and win and win at the highest level. All right, we got one final segment coming up next. We'll close it up on the other side. Keep it locked right here on the Ref. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. You'll feel good about Landers. How good? Huge Silverado selection good. And our best deals every day good. Like up to $6,500 off MSRP on select 2022 Silverados with a 2.7 liter engine. And $2,500 off 